this is Sean Mandoli, and I'm the pastor of Sanctuary LA, and you're listening to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this message encourages and inspires you. Remember to follow us on social media at My Sanctuary LA and enjoy the message. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You may be seated. All right, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 32, and we're going to jump right into this and finish up our series, Compassion Unleashed. Just want to thank everybody for coming out to I Love My City. Uh, yesterday, we were at the 4th Street Projects and um, handed out, I think, a 1,000 Easter eggs um, and had a bounce house for the kids and um, did musical chairs and a water balloon fight, and I got pelted on the side of the face with a water balloon. I was like, what in the world almost knocked me out, got dizzy. No, uh, but no, we had a great time out there. Thank you guys for coming out and just showing love to the kids in the community. Um, look at your neighbor and say, I love my city. And so that was really fun, and we had a great time. And so just wanted to say thank you for that. And that's Compassion Unleashed. You know, we just don't, we don't want to just, we don't want to just um, go to church. We want to be the church, amen? Uh, we don't want to just um, say we're a Christian. We actually want to be one. I don't want to just say I'm a Jesus follower. I want to be like Jesus. Amen? I mean, look at your neighbor. Just tell them, look, I want to be like Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Come on, some of you, it's hard for you to say that. Just look at your neighbor and tell them, say, I, I, I want to be like Jesus. All right? And so, um, um, yes, Compassion Unleashed. Um, if you've been enjoying this, you can check out our podcast, of course. Um, but Matthew chapter 9, we're going to start in verse 32, and I'm going to open us up in prayer, and I won't be long with you today. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to rally after service for about 10 minutes with our dream team. Um, those of you that want to serve Easter weekend, you can be a part of that. We're just going to um, um, dismiss the service, and then we're going to go get our kids out of, of kids' church so our, our, our workers over there, our dream team over there can be released, and then we're going to come back in here for about 10 minutes and just share about Easter. we got some great things planned for Easter, and uh, we, 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 many hands make light the work, and also we, are, we do have special parking that day, this Sunday, uh, right down Marquez at Utah Street Elementary. Somebody say, whoop, whoop. So tell your family and friends, we have parking a half a block away, and they can just walk right here. So parking... Uh, down Marquez, it's right here, um, Utah Street. We'll have signs and everything out front. We, all, we will still have Utah, uh, first in Utah parking, first in Utah parking, but we'll also have additional parking for everyone because our back lot's going to be pony rides and a petting zoo. And I want to see all you adults in here. <laughs> Drop your kids off there. Come in here. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, there we go. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for what you're going to do today. We thank you that you speak to us. Lord, I pray that everybody leaves here uh, with an impartation from the Word of God. Not just information, but revelation. Not just something that would stimulate their intellect, but something that would transform their soul. God, not just something that increases our knowledge. Uh, Lord, we want to increase, uh, Lord, the capacity of our insides by the Word of God. Um, change us today, God. Do a work inside of us as a result of getting into the Word of God. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 9. In this verse, leading up to this verse, Jesus had himself a really good couple of days. He forgives and heals a paralytic. 
in the beginning of chapter 9. As we shared last week, he calls Matthew a tax collector, a.k.a. criminal. Calls him, hangs out with them, gets hated on by the religious people, gets questioned about fasting. Next thing, he, a girl is restored to life, and the woman with the issue of blood is healed. And, and like, one, could you imagine hanging out with Jesus? Somebody's daughter's dead. He's like, all right, I'm going to go raise her up. In process, a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years touches him, gets healed, goes to the house, raises her up from the dead. I'll be like, man, this is my pastor. Come on, somebody. All right. Um, next thing, I mean, this, this thing is just going and going. Girl raised from the dead. Next thing, literally right after that, two blind men are healed that cry out to him. The next, right after that, a, a man that was mute and demon-possessed, Jesus cast it out of him. Come out of him. Hallelujah. Say that with me. Say, devil, come out in the name of Jesus. How many of you know those kind of prayers? The devil obeys those kind of prayers. I don't obey the devil. The devil obeys the word of God inside of me. Fear, go in the name of Jesus. Come out. You got to say it like you know it, like you mean it. Come on, somebody. The devil, the devil's a defeated foe. He listens to the word of God inside of me. Temptation, no. Go in Jesus' name. Just make sure you're careful where you say that and do that. People be like, what's wrong with you? Nothing, just getting free, that's all. Just, I'm just praying, I'm just praying. Just how I pray. Come on, somebody say, devil, come out. <laughs> right? Now that feel good. Come on, think about that thing that's tried to torment you. Devil, go. This isn't my message, but it feels good preaching it. Say it again. Say, devil, come out. All right, and when the demon was cast out, Jesus dealt with demons, cast them out, told them to shut up. I tell my kids all the time, there's only one person you can say, there's only one person you can use that language against, the devil. Devil, shut up. Nico, you can't tell Gia to shut up? Can't tell, definitely don't tell mama to shut up. Don't do that. It's going to be trouble. But you can tell the devil to shut up. Look at your neighbor and, say, and tell them you can tell the devil to shut up. All right? Yeah. That's what you need to do. Next time the devil's messing with you, tempting you, be like, shut it. Shut up and come out. Hallelujah. Come on now, Christians. This is a Christian um, authority in Christ. We don't rejoice because demons are subject to us. But they, we rejoice that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. But I'm here to tell you they're subject to you. Not you, but the Christ in you. Not you, but the Word in you. Not your words, His Word. You are just a vessel. All right? Hallelujah. Here we go. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke. Hallelujah. People start... People get freedom when demons come out. Demons come out. Demons got to go. Demons got to leave our city. Demons got to leave this church. Demons got to leave my family. Demons got to leave my children. Demons got to leave my own mind. Demons got to go. Come on now. And the multitudes marveled, saying it was, it was never seen like this in Israel. But the Pharisees, here we go, the haters, here we go. He casts out demons by the ruler of demons. Okay, here it is, verse 35. Then Jesus went about after all that. He got a little hate along the way. But it says he went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. 
even though Jesus got hated on and they were twisting what he did, here it is, Jesus freeing a man that could not talk, cast the devil out of him, and the man starts talking. And they're like, the devil did that through Jesus. The devil is a liar. And right after that, Jesus didn't get discouraged. He didn't stop what he was doing. He literally went, all right, you guys are going to hate. That's all good. Here we go. Um, he just went about preaching the gospel, healing all that were sick. Still kept doing what he's doing. This is my first point in, in regards to you. Like, really, today it's all about how do I, um, how do I release or, or unleash compassion? How do I become a person that can be a conduit of the compassion of God? How can I show compassion to this world? What do I have to do to, to be that for somebody? Jesus has been that to me. Others have, in Christ have been that to me. How does, how does Sean, how do I, how do you become that for somebody else? And it's simple today, folks. Number one, keep moving. That is how you do it. This is how you're going to change. This is how you're going to change the world. I was praying over my children last night before they went to bed. I said, gee, it's going to be a change the world. Laid my hands on my daughter. Gee, you're going to change the world. Gee, laid my hands on my son. You're going to change the world. What's really going to empower them to change the world? Keep moving. What's really going to empower you to overcome your struggles, to, to, to be the person God's called you to be? I'm here to tell you, it's not rocket science. It's not overly complicated, but you got to keep, you got to get up and keep it moving. All right, look at your neighbor and say, keep moving. Here's, here's, a, here's a good little quote for you. Always help someone. You might be the only one that does. Always help someone. You might be the only one that does. On our way to church today, there was somebody there with a sign right on the corner of 4th um, and, the, and the 101 freeway. And I was like, man, we need some food. We need to give them some food, right? So I cracked, I, I cracked open the kid's little lunchbox. And my wife's like, give him an apple. I opened it up. There was two apples in there. I was like, perfect. The man's getting an apple. Pulled it out. I said, Nico, let's give him an apple. We, and so I rolled down my window. I said, hey, man, we got an apple. He's like, man. He's like, you got, any you got any chump change for me? I was like, man, I have no change. I'm sorry. But I got an apple. He's like, man, I don't want that apple. And I took a bite right in front of him. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do that. But this is the thing. We didn't get discouraged. We're not like, forget that. I'm not giving anybody any more apples. Because people rejected me. They don't like me. It didn't work out. I'm trying to distribute an apple to a man. So many wants to, who doesn't want an apple on a nice Sunday morning? Sun's out. Who doesn't? Anybody like apples? Anybody like cheese and grapes? Salami crackers, cheese and grapes? I mean, for real, I, could have, I think I've said that before. I could eat that for dinner every night. I don't know what's wrong with me. Anyway, right? Anybody? What, 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 what's some other fruit you like? Come on, talk to me here. Oranges? Who likes oranges? How about them little cutie things? I like the cuties, though, where the, where, the, where the skin comes off easy. I don't like going in there and then to get, it's all stuck to the fruit and get it all over your hands. My wife loves mangoes. She's West Indian, so it's in her blood to like mangoes. So she will, mangoes, mangoes, sorry. Some people are like, people are like what's, a, what's a mango? Um, mongo, mango. Como se dice en español? Mango, I said it right. Andale. I got it. But man, anybody like a good, I mean, some, you like a good mango, right? Look at, see, look, 
You know, Deacon Dr. right? He's Samoan. He went like this. Ooh, Mongo. Anybody? How about like the, the Mongos and the little thing with the, um, with the, the tahin? Oh, and the bag is shaking up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Bunch of Hispanics are like, of course we do. What was I talking about? Anyway, I tried to give this man an apple, but it's not, just because he don't want it. And, and Nico said, and then I said, hey, we got to find somebody today. Our mission today as a family is to give somebody an apple. You say, Pastor Sean, that's so trivial. That's so little. You don't know. I'm training my children that life isn't about us. I'm going to take something from what we have, and we're going to give it to somebody. We're going to show compassion. We, we are all, we're going to find a way to help somebody today. And if it's as little as giving them an apple, because and, 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 I might be the only one that does. Right? I might be the only one. We might be the only one that does. Always help someone. You might be the only one that does. Then Jesus, he still went about. Here, I'm going to tell you, someone in your future is depending on your faithfulness today. There's somebody in your future that is depending on you to continue. If you want to be a person of compassion and you want to release compassion into your world, I'm here to tell you, you got to get up tomorrow morning. That's what you got to do. All right? You don't have to be the smartest person. You don't have to be the most educated person. You just got to keep moving. I'm here to tell you right now, we conquer by continuing. Your growth is not about perfection. It's about progress. Your, your growth in God and you being a person of compassion and you unleashing compassion is never about you getting it right all the time. It's about you getting up and continue to move forward. All right, beginning is easy. Continuing is hard. Somebody say amen. amen. I don't want a great wedding. I want a great marriage. Actually, I had a great wedding, and weddings are awesome, but, but, but I don't want just a great event. I want a great life, right? I don't want just a, I just don't want a great ceremony with my wife, my wife to be, right? I want a life. That is great. It is easy to begin. It is hard to continue. All right? I don't want to just become a success. I want to remain a success. I'm here to tell you, it's easy to become a success. It is harder to remain a success. It's easy to start something. Much harder to finish it. Somebody say amen. You got to keep moving. Look at your neighbor and say, keep it moving. Look at three people and tell them, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. All right, here we go. Giovanna, she learned how to ride her bike the last couple weeks without training wheels. Come on, give it up for Gia. All right. Now, she had to keep moving, though. This is the thing. My daughter is a trip. She is six years old, and she has so much focus. It's kind of scary. Not scary, just in a comical way, maybe. But she is, this little girl is focused. So I took the training wheels off, and she stood on her little bike, She's like, let's go, Dada. And like, I, I was getting, and my back was hurting because it's little, and I'm bending over like, okay, one, two, three, go. Right, fell down, skinned her knee, crying, hysterical, go inside, get the Band-Aid. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
But this girl got, she, she, she comes back and she's still crying all the way back outside after all that, sitting there. I'm like, I'm like, she's like, Dad, I want to go. I was like, you sure? She's like, yeah, let's go. Got back on there. Got back on there, and I found a way to, like, pop a wheelie before I let her go because something about the comfortability of me holding her. So she would, the language was she'd sit there and go, Dad, I pop a wheelie. So I'd pop it and go, wah, like I was playing kind of like, wah, like I was tweaking the front side, like, wah, and I let her go, go, one, two, three, go. She kept going. And this is the thing. She was, um, she's so focused. That's her strength. I'm, I'm here to tell you that we all have weaknesses, too, and one of her weaknesses, she's hard on herself. Because I would even encourage her. And I'd be like, girl, you did it. You went two bushes. She's like, no, I didn't. I was like, yes, you did. But I was lying to her because she only went a bush and a half. Dad live. Hashtag dad live. I'm just super encouraging. And she's a smart girl. She looked at me and went, she went, looked at me and went, no, I didn't. I'm like, you know what? You're right, girl. Get back on. Let's try it again. She gets, she be so hard on herself. We go out the second day. She, uh, she, she's jamming. I mean, she's going back and forth. I'm, you know, getting it. She, she's, you know, she was get, she was way better, but still super hard on herself. I said, like, "Girl, you want four bushes?" She's like, "No, I didn't." And this is the thing. Like I said before, you, your growth and process is never about perfection because if you're gonna grow, it's gonna get messy. Yep, I got zero amens on that one. If you're going to grow, if you're going to pursue God, it's going to get messy. It was messy. I was hurt, sore, my back. She's hurt, crying. So focused. She gets on the bike, and, and I'm trying to have a good time. And she's like, Dada, like, let's go. And somehow, I'm here to encourage you, you people in here that are driven, you people in here that, that, that are pushing towards your purpose and you're pre- you pressed into things. You pressed into your career. People hate you. You pressed through your, how you grew up. And look at you now. You're, you're, you're going to school. Some of you young people in college. Some of you graduate. And I just want to encourage you young people in here. I want to encourage you millennials in here that you don't have to, you don't have to be VP of the company in six weeks. No millennials are saying Amen. Like, you don't have to be, um, you know, the, the, the top dog after coming out of college for three months. You get up, you keep moving. You keep moving. It's easy to start. It's harder to continue. And I'm going to tell you, you got what it takes. You're driven people. Keep, keep, keep pressing into what you're called to do. But don't be so hard on yourself. You got to learn to laugh at yourself. It's not one of my points, but write it down. Bless God. Write it down, you note takers. I will laugh at myself today. Come on now. Don't take yourself so serious. Come on. Everybody already knows it. You might as well join the laughter. You know, just come on now. Are you guys out there? All right. What was my first point? What was my first point? What was my first point? All right, look at somebody. Tell them, keep moving. Bible says a righteous man falls down seven times. Righteous, not perfect. Why? Righteous people fall. It's part of the process, but they get back up. They get back up. Did you get up? Are you getting up? Get up. 
get up. If you get anything from this message today, get up. Get up. I messed up. Get up. Fell down. Get up. What did I tell Gia? Get up. There she is. I mean, she has some pretty bad spills. I mean, when the handlebars get tweaked and she, boom, and she's tangled in the bike. And it was Nico, like, by her, like, ah, freaked her out. And she was like, Nico, like, go over there. And Nico's like, no, we're going to race. And he had a tricycle. He's cheating. <laughs> totally cheating. He's like, look, let's go. He was jamming super fast and, like, cutting her off and everything. And, look, that's going to happen. But you got to get back up. Even if it's somebody else's fault, we're going to just sit there and, and cry about it, complain about it, and blame all the time. Get back up. Come on now. All right, get back up. Look at, tell, look at somebody say, get up. Come on, tell three people, get up, get up, get up. Tell them. Get up. Get up. You can get up. You got what it takes. Verse 36. Here it is. All these good things are happening. All these good things are happening. He's preaching the gospel, healing every sickness and every disease. I just, I just gave you like a snapshot of chapter 9 here. How many people were healed? A little girl raised from the dead. A woman healed of the issue of blood. Two blind men healed. One devil cast out. My goodness. Come on now. Here it is, verse 36. But when he saw good, great, Powerful things are happening. And Jesus saw somebody outside of that while it was happening. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Everybody say compassion. He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. My first point was keep moving. This is my second point. Keep your eyes open. If you want to be a person of compassion, you got to keep your eyes open. Compassion is to look beyond our own pain and see the pain of others. I'm going to say it again. Compassion, church. Compassion this is what Jesus said, is to look beyond our own pain. He was getting ridiculed, but he still saw hurting people. He was getting hated on. But, and good things, powerful things are happening. I mean, powerful. And in the midst of people getting healed, in the midst of a little girl getting raised from the dead, in the midst of sickness and disease leaving people's bodies, Jesus still saw, oh, there's a multitude. This girl just got raised from the dead, but there's, there's somebody outside of this. Has anybody here experienced the goodness of God on a personal level? Raise your hand. Experience, anybody experienced God's mercy on a personal level? Raise your hand. Experienced God's goodness? Raise your hand. Experienced salvation? Anybody got a devil cast out of them a time or two? I've, I had plenty of demons plaguing my life. But he saw somebody outside of that. He saw them. See them. It's so interesting, my six-year-old, how intuitive she is. And when we're, we're getting up in the mornings and I'm trying to get him to school, 
Um, I can get a little frustrated, right? Pray for me. Um, anybody ever deal with any kind of patience issues in patience? Yeah. Am I the only one? I'll just come to the altar by myself. Y'all extend your hands. Bless him, Lord. And my, my daughter will be like, Dada, why does your face look like that? I'm like, how old are you? <laughs> but she can see it. She can feel it. It's amazing. Like, and her reference is my face. I didn't think it was that obvious. <laughs> but she can see. She can see it. Six years old. She can see it. Do you see anybody in your world that's hurting? You see anybody in your world, you can see it. Anybody ever feel it? Anybody ever feel it before? They're smiling. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. But you're like, no, 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 there's something else going on, bub. There's something else going on up in there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Praise the Lord. Bless God, I'm doing great. And you're like, mm-hmm. Can I pray for you? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can feel it. You can see it. You can spiritually perceive somebody's condition. You, you, you're more spiritual than you think. Giovanna's more spiritual than daddy thinks. Young girl got, a, got, got, a, got the gift of discerning of spirits up on her. She could, she, she, she's intuitive. I think ladies just innately have a certain ability to kind of survey the emotional landscape and be like, mm, hmm. come on, ladies. Come on, ladies, talk to me. Help me out. I'm trying to preach here. Yeah. This is the words where it says he saw. I'm going to give this to you. I'm almost done here. I'm almost done. But he saw. This means it's a spiritual word. It means to be aware. Good things are happening. Godly, powerful things. But he, Jesus saw the void still. Man. Let's not be so caught up in the goodness of what's happening in here that we lose sight of what's going on out there. Let's not be so caught up in the goodness of God from my life and lose sight that there's somebody hurting outside of my world and my context. When we were at the I Love My City, I saw a young girl, and she would not smile. I saw it. I grew up. And many of you know this. Most of you know this. If you've ever been here before, you know this. I grew up in a very rough childhood. I saw it on her face. Little girl. Everybody else is laughing and playing. It was great. But she had the face of like a 20-year-old, in a sense, just, just different. You, you could tell. I could see it. And I tried to make her smile and laugh. And I know she was glad to be there, but her, anybody know what I'm talking about? You can see it on her face. When I first came to church, the leaders, the youth leaders were like, there's something. That boy needs some help. Why, my face. They could see it. And this is what it means. Psalm means to be aware. It means to physically, here it is. I'm going to read this. This is the Greek definition of this word. It means to physically see with the eyes, but it naturally bridges to spiritual comprehension and awareness. Jesus saw. He physically could tell, but it bridged into spiritual perception. You, 
man and woman of God, you have the ability to see something in the physical realm in somebody's life and you're able to see, no, there's something spiritual that hurts me when I see it. Meets to physically see with the eyes as it naturally bridges to the spiritual comprehension and awareness. This is where we get the language, I see what you're saying. Anybody ever say that? It's not like you really saw anything. You just, you're saying, I perceive, I understand. I, I'm getting, I'm picking up what y'all putting down. This is what it means. It means to have inward spiritual perception. I want to encourage you that you see more than you realize. And you are there to show compassion because you see it. Jesus said this, that the harvest is plentiful, labors are few. And he said, look. He said, look. Everybody say, look. Everybody say, look. Jesus said, look, the harvest is white. It's ready. Why? Why do you want him to look at it? Because when we see it, we're accountable for it. And sometimes I think we don't want to see it. We don't want to look at it because we were created as human beings, as the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, that what you see, you are accountable for. That's why people don't like to see certain things. They don't want to go. Why? Because it makes them, it makes them, you know, God is going to show you things. You're going to see people in a certain condition. And compassion unleashed is do what Jesus did. You don't have to do everything. You're not the savior of the world, but there's somebody in your world that you see. And if you see it, you're part of the solution. It's quiet today on Palm Sunday, but that's all right. All right? It says that they were weary, weary and scattered. Here's, your, here's a question for you, and I'm about to close here. This is my last point. I'm heading to my last point here. Who in my world is tired and outside of community? Who in my world? Here's a question for you. I want you to ask this question to yourself. Who in my world is tired? It says, he says, he says that they were weary. And Jesus, you know, weariness, tired, worn out. Life has gotten, they got, they, you know, they got dealt some hands that he didn't want and Jesus saw two things. They were tired. Anybody know anybody tired in your world? Anybody out there? Any of y'all tired? <laughs> You're like, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. That's what he saw. He saw two things. He saw that they were weary. And it wasn't a super spiritual thing. They're just tired. They're worn. How many of you know you could see that on people? You could see that on people. They were tired, and they were scattered. What does that mean? Like sheep with no, they weren't in community. And here he is having community, supernatural, powerful community. The healing power of God's moving. And he's like, wait, there's people that aren't here. Like I see them, but they're not here. I see them, but they're not in community. You'd be surprised how much healing takes place simply in healthy relationships. I believe much of my healing that I've received or have received was as a result of the woman I married on a spiritual level. 
I got free of things as a result of my relationship with her. The Bible says that we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. There's a cleansing that happens in community. Sheep out there just wandering. We're, he's the shepherd, we're the sheep. Sheep are extremely vulnerable outside of community. Here's my last point, and we're going to close. We all need safety, protection, and covering. I was speaking to somebody in Growth Track this morning, and I said, this person lives in Riverside, but they go to church here. They just finished Growth Track. I'm like, dang, girl, you drive from Riverside. Wow. That's a blessing. That's, that's commitment. I'm like, whoa, is I guess God is moving here, huh? <laughs> I was encouraged. I was encouraged. I was like, just finished growth track, and she's working on uh, completing her hours to be a counselor. We have so many professionals in this church. I, as, as, as we continue to grow as a community, I just feel dumber and dumber as we go. Uh, but they say, you know, great leaders strive to be the dumbest person in the room, and that's one of my goals. I just want to be the dumbest one here. So... If I'm the dumbest one, you know, um, that means God's got you here, not me. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I want to be surrounded by people that are smarter than me, stronger than me. Not too many people stronger than me, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard to find. But this person said, and she didn't know what I was going to preach on, but she said, uh, once I started the counseling and just doing this, it's, it's front lines work. It's, it's literally a professional environment for people that are called to be compassionate. And she said, I, I said, why are, why are you coming here? Not like, why are you here? I don't want, not, not like that. But like, why? why? Why would you do this? Like, why would you drive from Riverside? There's, there's great churches everywhere. And she said that I feel covered here covered and we all need safety protection and covering and when Jesus saw these people outside that's what he's saying they don't they're scattered they're they're not covered she's like man I just I just need the prayer for what I'm called to do I just feel and one thing she just I just feel the welcoming environment I just feel that I could be myself here but that I just feel the covering. I just, I know people are going to pray over me and pray for me. And I want to encourage you here. We had a, um, one, of, one of the um, the mamas in our church just went, um, had some surgery done. And when my wife and I found out about it, my wife put it on our calendar so we wouldn't remember to pray. And I'm here to tell you right now, it's not just us, but we as a community, I'm here to tell you right now, you're, you're covered up in here. We're going to be like, devil, come out. Devil, go. Come on now, you're covered. You're spiritually covered. That's what, that's what community is. That's the context. A shepherd, a shepherd, the responsibility um, of a shepherd is to cover. There's covering, not just coming from your pastors, but from community. Cover. We all need to be covered. I need to be covered. My pastor, Pastor Jay, whenever I'm around him, talking to him, I feel covered. 
He's praying for him. He'll text me often on a Saturday, Sunday morning, hey, praying for you guys in L.A. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Covered. 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 Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you for listening to the message. If you've been encouraged and inspired, give us a great review and share it with a friend today. Also, if you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our powerful weekend gatherings. For more info and directions, follow us at My Sanctuary LA. Be blessed.